Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Marshall. Since man began, he has sought to penetrate the secret of the human heart, that beating muscle that perpetuates lifetimes. What would happen, we ask ourselves, if during a medical procedure to repair or replace a damaged heart, an unexpected change in the patient took place? The operation was successful, you had a new lease on life, but you left the hospital, not yourself. That's a gorgeous rainbow silk scarf you've got around your neck, Janet. That's the problem, see. I, I mean, the scarf hides the problem. Here, let, let me take it off. Oh, great heavens. Those bruises on your neck. What happened? This is why I had to see you. It's Jim. He tried to choke me to death last night. Written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Marion Seldes and Patricia Elliott. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The name James Barclay is not unknown to you. Extraordinary scientist. He is the discoverer of the RNK factor, the infallible prenatal test determining the nature of an embryo child, whether it will be born aggressive, submissive, etc. A discovery that can affect the future of an entire nation. It is night, four o'clock in the morning to be precise. Barclay's wife, Janet, suddenly wakes. Hands are closing about her throat, strangling her. Jim, Jim, your hands are on my throat. Get away, Jim. Stop, stop. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing? Let go of me. What, 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 what is that? Jan, are you all right? I, I knocked a lamp off the night table. I'll put the overhead light on. What time is it? It's still dark outside. Janet, what are you standing over there for? Now come back to bed. What happened to you, Jim? To me? Don't you know what you were doing just now? Janet, what? What's the matter with your neck? You keep rubbing it. Don't you remember? I don't even know what you're talking about. Honey, look at me. Janet. Are you afraid of me? You, you are, aren't you? Uh, I guess I am. Well, I, I, can you tell me why? What, what have I done? I was asleep and I, I felt two hands on my throat squeezing it. It was dark. I, I couldn't see it. I, I... And there was someone in here trying to choke you? 
Well, so I'm taking my pistol and I'm getting up and I'm going to search every room in this house. Why didn't you tell me there was an intruder? Jim, put, put, the, put that revolver away. If there is someone here, I'm going to find it. It isn't necessary. Put, put, put the gun away. Now, now, please. Okay. Okay, if you say so. Shut the drawer. There, there wasn't any intruder. The, the person who was trying to strangle me was you, Jim. Me? I, I, I was able to get away from you, and, and that's why I, 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 I am sort of in shock, I, I guess. Oh, my Lord. Darling, I was trying to strangle you? But, but honey, I was asleep. I don't know anything about this. That's what makes it all so scary, Jim. You don't remember that you were trying to kill me. Hello? See, uh, this is Janet. Janet, I was just thinking about you. Uh, I, I, I was wondering if we could have lunch today. Mm, would have loved it, darling. I haven't seen you for too long. Uh, you mean you can? Well, it's a darn Broadway Critics Award. Michael got the best play prize again, and it's about the fifth he's gotten. And I have to go along. Food is ghastly, speeches grisly. It's so boring, Janet. You've no idea. Uh, I understand. I, I'm sorry. You sound kind of funny, child. Is everything all right? It, it isn't anything that I can talk about on the phone. Uh, what about tomorrow? Oh. Um. Tomorrow's out, too, I'm afraid, darling. Oh, simply devastated. See, Mike's going tonight to Hollywood to discuss the movie version of his play, and he won't go near the place if I don't come along. But we'll be back in two weeks. Two weeks? Oh, uh, see, I, re I really have to talk to you before then. Janet, you don't have to send up any more distress flares. You come over here right away. Today? Yes, today. What about Michael and the play prize? Well, he'll just have to accept the honors gracefully, all by himself, won't he? Now, you're sure it's all right. Oh, I don't think Michael will be too upset. Besides, I've got something to tell you which I think only you will understand. So be here at 12. Bye. I'll be there. Michael! Michael Farnsworth Gray. Whenever you use my middle name, I know you've decided to do something I won't be too happy about. I'm not going to the award luncheon with you today. Janet's coming over, and we're going to have something here. Celia, you know I can't abide these ceremonies alone. Well, you just run along, and don't eat too many of those creamy things. You know what the doctor said. I've been watching my weight for years. <laughs> so have I. Watching you get heavier and heavier. But now, darling, your health's at stake, especially since you've given up all forms of exercise. I don't know what's come over you. You loved hiking and stuff. I've always hated exercise. And who's Janet? <laughs> James Barclay's wife. Do you remember him, the famous scientist? Well, Janet and I got to know each other in the hospital, waiting for you two to be let out. You mean the James Barclay? The RNK factor man? I never met him in my life. Well, yes, you did. Both had heart operations at the same time. Of course you remember. You shared a room in the hospital. You were never like this before, K44K. K44K? That's the third time today you've called me by that poetic name. What? I said... Oh, never mind. Well, 
If you won't come with me, you won't. Bye-bye, K44K. Mike, you've really become a pill in the last four months. Now, I ask you again, as politely as I can, is that some secret code that I'm supposed to know? So long. See you when I get back. See, what a beautiful spot. I love this garden and this old-fashioned furniture. Do you know that Mike wrote his first short story on this table? <sighs> I'm sorry. I, I thought I wasn't hungry, but I am. <laughs> Here's a good salad. It's good to see you, Counselor. Mm. Nobody's called me that since I got married. You don't do law work anymore? Married to Jim? When would I have time? Well, this will be the first time a lawyer's come to see me about her problems. I must say, Janet, that is a stunning rainbow silk scarf you've got round your neck. Well, that is the problem. I mean, that hides the problem. Here, let me take it off. Oh, oh great heavens. Those bruises on your neck. What happened? This is why I had to see you, see you. It's Jim. I think he tried to kill me last night. What? Jim? I, I know. I couldn't believe it at first either. I thought... Uh, well, I don't know what I thought. And if I hadn't been able to pull away, who knows? The terrible thing is he doesn't remember doing it. Oh, you poor thing. There's something awfully wrong with him, see you. In his right mind, Jim would never dream of such a thing. Jim loves me. Well, of course he does. Janet, you just said in his right mind he'd never do it. Have you noticed much else different about him since the heart operation? I'll tell you why I ask. I think since the heart operation... Mike's become a completely different person. For instance, he would never have considered selling any of his plays to Hollywood. Secondly, since he came home from the hospital, he simply stopped writing. He says he may never write again. Third, he was an avid outdoorsman. I mean, we always went camping once a year. We've got a garage full of equipment. Well, he looked at it the other day and he said, What's this? I was never interested in hunting or fishing. Whose stuff is this? He's changed, see but at least he isn't murderous. What I'm afraid of is that Jim might try it again. But you don't mean that. I mean exactly that. Jim wasn't playing any games with my throat. Well, you must have been frightened to death. I'm still not over it. One more thing. The day before yesterday, he started calling me a number. And when I say, what's that mean? He says, what's what mean? Numbers. I've got the same routine from Mike. He calls me K44K. What's yours? ZXY77. ZXY77. That's a nice ring to it. How does Jim explain calling you that? He doesn't. It, it passes right by him. Incredible. What do you suppose changed our husband so completely? Oh, see, I wish I could guess. I wonder about the other girls. I'd like to find out, too. Five of us. <laughs> the fearful five, remember? Having lunch and dinner every night in that hospital cafeteria, keeping each other hopeful. Madge Courier. Her husband was the ambassador to, to Russia, wasn't mm -hmm. it? He'd come back to have his open-heart surgery. Dr. Tyson operated on him that same week. And Betty, of course. Betty Trombakos. She's my neighbor right up on the hill there. Married to that shipping tycoon, Aristotle Trombakos. 
You, me, Madge, Betty. Who was the fifth? Um, um Myra. I talked to her once oh, a week. Of course, Myra. Her husband's taken over the Philharmonic. Yes, yes, the conductor, Dimitri. Let's let's ask them how their men are doing. You do, Betty, and I'll do Madge and Myra. Yes, and have they noticed anything different? And if so, what is uh, it? Unless uh, I wonder. Oh, some more iced tea? The pictures mm. are still full. Mm, thanks. You wonder what? Well, it occurs to me. You know, Mike is a great kidder. Do you suppose when Mike and Jim were sharing that room in the hospital, when they had their operations and recuperating, do you suppose they cooked this up between them and they're, they're just playing some kind of a game? No. I don't think so. And these black and blue marks on my neck don't think so either. Oh, of course. How dumb of me. But the numbers racket could be a game. Me, K44KUZXY77. But to attack you like that, Janet, it ain't funny. If you ask me, I'd try to get Jim somewhere for observation. And if he won't go, you ought to think about moving out. I have, in a way... I've moved to another room, m made it my bedroom. I've hidden his gun, and every night I lock my door. Leonardo da Vinci, painter, scientific observer, inventor, researcher, equaled the accomplishments of ten titans. The human body was his uncharted continent. The heart, he wrote, moves of itself and does not stop unless forever. Had da Vinci lived today, what unnumbered secrets he could have probed. If that heart is tampered with, does it indeed alter the body and mind that houses it? I shall return shortly with Act Two. of two prominent men, one a scientist, the other a playwright, are disquieted by their husband's peculiar behavior. The writer has completely reversed his personality. The scientist has tried to murder his wife. Both men had undergone open-heart surgery. Had this anything to do with their metamorphosis? Janet and Celia have set about finding out. They're in the garden where we left them. Janet, you've decided me. I'm not going with Mike to California. I'm staying here and do some detection with you. You will, Celia? There's one other person we ought to talk to. I don't know if we could. That's Dr. Tyson. I mean, he's the one who performed all those operations. Maybe he could tell us something we ought to know, like, like what changes in personality to expect and, and so on. What's troubling us is a lot more than changes of personality. Besides, in Jim's case, his triple bypass was done by Dr. Bob O'Brien. You mean Dr. Tyson had nothing to do with Jim? Oh, he was there. Dr. O'Brien is a much younger man. Jim's known him for years. Dr. Tyson was in the operating room all through it, but Bob O'Brien actually did the work. That's what Jim wanted. Well, we'll begin with the girls, woman to woman. I'm hopeful. Whatever they tell us will help. None of this. None of it adds up. Thanks, Bob. 
for squeezing me into your office hours at such short notice. Oh, not at all, Jim. How's my favorite cardiac patient? Well, I'm not so sure, Bob. That's why I had to see you. Oh? Any pains or tightness of any kind? No, 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 no. I think I'm in pretty fair shape. I get a little tired, but I knock off before exhaustion sets in. Uh, Bob, I wouldn't want Janet to know we've discussed this. Fair enough. All right. Two weeks ago, Janet accused me of trying to choke her to death during the night. I, I don't remember any of it. Anything else? Well, she keeps telling me I'm a completely changed person since you performed the triple bypass. And last but not least, she says sometimes I refer to her not by her name or darling or anything like that, but I call her a number. Oh? Specifically, I call her ZXY77. Do you? Well, I most certainly don't. Why should I? She's moved out of our bedroom and sleeps in another room and locks the door every night. I suppose I have a talk with Janet. I'm no psychiatrist, but at least I can talk to her as a friend. Oh, I sets a load off my mind. You know how it is. After a biggie like a heart operation, you're always a little doubtful. You can pick up where you left off. I, I am beginning to doubt my sanity. Jim, I'll do my best. I don't believe it, Janet. Is that what Mara said? Word for word. Dimitri came home after his first rehearsal with the Philharmonic, broke his baton in half and said, Never again the orchestra stinks, I won't conduct. This, mind you, about the Philharmonic. Of course there was an uproar. Did she mention whether he calls her by a number? Yes, he does. Myra is a, a, a Q515. A, a that rules out a practical joke. And Mike and Jim never met Dimitri. He was on another floor. We knew Myra, but they didn't know him. Did you reach Betty? No, she's still away. She's gone with her husband to that Greek island he owns. I left a message with Mrs. Doyle, the housekeeper, that I called. About Madge Courier, I did get to her. You remember the ambassador came in from Russia and he was operated on, I think, a day before Mike was. Wait till I tell you about him. Celia, I'm home. Join us in the garden, Mike. Back from California. Can you look at what he's wearing? I tell you, a year ago, Michael Farnsworth Gray wouldn't have been seen dead in such an outfit. Janet, don't tell me this is the same lunch you two were having when I left for California. Hello, Michael. C oh, congratulations on the picture. Oh, Michael isn't going to let them make a movie out of one of his plays, are you, darling? Who says I'm not? In fact, I am. Well, well wonders never cease. You were so pure once. Well, I'd better be on my way. You two want a little time alone. No, no don't go, Janet. Please. Well, I have to. Uh, lots to do. I'll walk you to your car. Uh, bye, Mike. The new Michael Farnsworth Gray is just too much for me. Now, what about Madge and her ambassador husband? Well, he's got himself transferred to Washington, got himself appointed as advisor to the president, and Madge is stunned. He's never had any ambition before. I've arranged to see Dr. O'Brien. We've known him and his wife a long time. Maybe Bob can clear up this mystery. Will you let me know, Janet? 
I'm not going to Lotus Land. I want to stay here and get to the bottom of this. Janet, I think perhaps you're dramatizing the situation. How can you say that, Bob? I tell you, Jim tried to strangle me. There's been a complete personality change. And sometimes he calls me by a number. What number does Jim assign to you? Assign? Well, that's a funny word to use. I used the wrong word. What number is it? ZXY77. Oh. Frankly, I don't know what to make of it. I'm not the only one. Jim's hospital roommate, Michael Gray, he calls his wife by a number, too. Gray. Morris Tyson did his surgery. I studied under Tyson, Janet. No one better in thoracic and cardiovascular surgery. So you can't put your finger on anything it might be? So far as I can see, Jim tolerated the procedure very well. If there's something bothering him, it's got nothing to do with the surgery. Then why has it affected every one of the five men who had that operation in that hospital that week? I can tell you one heart patient who didn't. Who feels fine, was operated on in that hospital by Morris Tyson himself, and has a new lease on life. I'd like to meet him. All right. He had a rheumatic heart, severe valvular damage. After surgery, the man recovered, never attacked his wife, and never changed his personality. Well, I'd like to talk to him. You are? It was me. All right, Janet. Are you satisfied? Conclusion. Different patients react differently. Bob... Would you mind if I talk myself to Dr. Tyson? Of course not. Oh, and give my regards to Jim, will you? Yes, and you remember me to Mary. She's a darling. Darling Mary. Good old W66W. Celia, I came over just as fast as I could... I saw Bob O'Brien. He wouldn't go along with anything I said. Didn't think Jim was behaving extraordinarily. It was a standoff. Then, I got up to go, and I said to him, Remember us to marry his wife. He closed the door. I was standing outside, fumbling in my bag for the car keys, when I heard Bob say through the door very clearly... Darling Mary, good old W66W. Just like that. So your heart specialist also calls his wife by a number. Oh, it makes no sense. Am I starting to hear things that aren't said? I mean, the door was closed, so I didn't see him say it. When you were talking to him, did he seem strange in any way? No. He was his old self, considerate, concerned, everything you could ask for in a doctor. Yeah, none of that glazed look that Michael gets when I'm talking to him. Oh, that man makes me so furious. Janet, I'm having so much trouble with him. And he's as dead set on moving to California as I'm adamant about staying here. Oh, someone's at the door. I'm coming! Mrs. Doyle. What are you doing here? Did you walk down the hill? I know you don't drive. Uh, Begging your pardon, Mrs. Gray. I had to speak with you myself. Not over the telephone. Well, come in. Come in. Oh, no, 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 no. I see you have company. Mrs. Doyle, what is it? 
Have mercy on us. Oh, have mercy on us. It's Mrs. Tumbra. Go, Betty. Something's happened. Oh, just a few minutes ago, this cable came from me. It's from Mr. Tombrockos in Greece. Here, here, you, you read it. Mrs. Trombakos drowned yesterday and having body buried in Athens will notify you upon my return. Aristotle Trombakos. Betty. Drowned. I haven't kept you up, Bob. No, I was waiting for you, Dr. Tyson. Is W66W still up? My wife? No, she's gone to bed. We won't be disturbed. I've just been reading up on our files, making sure everything's in order. There'll be a new set of patients coming our way, so I want the decks cleared. I'm afraid, Bob, everything is not in order. I suppose you read about the death of Tombrako's wife, uh, some island off Corfu. She drowned. I did. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I might have handled it differently. Aristotle is going to miss her. Well, there was no alternative. She became too inquisitive. There is too much at stake for our procedure to be jeopardized now. That's precisely, Bob, why I've come to see you. The wife of one of your patients. You mean Janet Barkley? Yes, I do. She may be dangerous. All day yesterday, she sat outside my office waiting to see me. Now, I had to go out the back way to avoid her. Today, she managed to catch up with me as I was going into a cardiology conference at the hospital. She had learned that Tombrako's wife had drowned. She said it wasn't possible. She knew the girl, Betty. Five wives had become friendly the week we did the uh, X and K batches. I know. They formed a club of sorts. Well, the Barclay woman had done some investigating, she told me, and she knew Betty Dombrakos was an excellent swimmer. That she must have been killed. Therefore, Bob, since you selected James Barclay to become one of us, you will have to find a way to rid us of his wife. Such a serious situation, I would be tempted to quote from Alice in Wonderland. You will remember when Alice mysteriously grew taller and taller, she said, Curiouser and curiouser, which is indeed my reaction to what we have heard so far. Curiouser and curiouser. For more and more, join me when I return shortly with Act Three. putting together a jigsaw puzzle of delicate and deadly pieces. Five men, leaders in their field, a scientist, a playwright, a great conductor, a shipping tycoon, and an ambassador have undergone heart operations within one week. The scientist's wife, Janet, horrified by her husband's attempt to kill her, tries to find a link between his operation and his new personality. In fact, each of the wives reports a decided change in their men. All but one of the wives, who has mysteriously drowned. Tell me, Dr. Tyson, what else did Janet Barkley suspect besides Betty's death? That there must be unseen forces that have changed husbands. 
She asked about uh, how you handled her husband's operation. Now, was it possible that when you performed the arteriotomy and constructed the grafts, that some foreign substance could have entered Barclay's body? Or at the point where the three proximals were constructed to the ascending aorta? She's certainly done her homework. Her own words were, when Dr. O'Brien put Jim on the heart and lung machines, what else did those machines pump into him beside blood and oxygen? Barclay came to see me. He thinks his wife Janet is imagining things. Well, I've had him sent to Athens to be with Tombrakos in case there's trouble. Barclay told his wife he had to attend a scientific meeting. Now it's your turn to move. How much time do I have? The last thing Janet Barclay said to me was that if I couldn't or wouldn't give her a satisfactory explanation, she would use her legal connections to alert Interpol and ask them to investigate whether Betty Tambracos died naturally, accidentally, or was murdered. Janet, I set aside all my appointments this morning so that I could see you. I think it's too late. I'll keep on trying to find out what's in back of all this, but I'm afraid that what I am fighting for is something I've already lost. What do you mean? I've lost the man I married. And now I'm married to a man I don't know and don't love. Janet, you have to make allowances. Don't tell me it takes time to recover. I know all that. I'm not expecting Jim to, well, juggle barbells or do anything strenuous, but it's his mind that needs to get well, if it's not too late, which I suspect it is. And I'm only one of four wives with whom I spend hours and days together at the hospital that fateful week. They all say their husbands are strangers. We're like sisters. We were five, now we're four. Who knows when we'll be three or two. Janet... Would you mind? I'd like to take your blood pressure. Why? Your face is flushed, and I think, for everyone's sake, I'd like to check you out. Anything you think or say is bound to have a reaction upon your body. Right through that door is the examining room. You stretch out on the table, and I'll be right there. Uh-huh. Well, uh, how does it read? Blood pressure's a little on the high side. No, 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 no. Stay right there. Uh, let me check your pulse. Is it all right if I talk? Oh, certainly. I have to say, I do feel so much better and reassured when I'm talking to you. Did you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is my pulse normal? Oh, a little fast, perhaps, but it's nothing. I don't know. Maybe you've been pushing yourself too hard. Uh, Janet, uh, are you feeling all right? Well, I guess it's the strain, but I am getting a whopper of a headache. Oh, I can give you something for that. Uh, here you are. Here, take these two tablets. Um, here, I'll just pour you some water. If you can uh, spare the time, I'd like you to undergo a stress test, Janet. Uh, it's simply a treadmill that's monitored by a doctor and... You do some controlled walking so we can measure how your heart is reacting. We have one here in the office. Uh, we'll take an EKG, and uh, as I said, there's a specialist and a nurse with you all the time. Is it like the stress test Jim had, the, the, the one that turned out positive? The same. 
But do, do you really think that I need that? Well, let's play it safe, hmm? I'll check when the doctor's free and uh, we'll take care of it right now. Uh, come on back into my office. Oh, good. They'll be able to schedule you in a few minutes. Uh, you feeling any better now? I'm sort of woozy. You relax right there and let's go over what's bothering you, huh? Mostly that I, I can't make sense of what's happened. There's no explanation. Janet, you know very well that sometimes there isn't any explanation. Ponce de Leon was absolutely positive the Fountain of Youth existed in Florida. And he was determined to find it. He didn't because there isn't any Fountain of Youth. Thousands searched for the gold of El Dorado. Even Sir Walter Raleigh went looking. There was no gold. No lost continent of Atlantis. No treasure hidden in King Solomon's mines. I'm sure Jim would agree with me. Jim's gone to Greece. I don't know why. Scientific meeting. The point is, Janet... Perhaps there are some things better left unknown. Do you understand? Yes. There is no explanation. And it's a mistake to search for one. Janet. Janet, can you hear me? Dr. Tyson. Yes, Dr. O'Brien. I have the patient here in my office. I shall be sending her along to you. Fine. I'll have an ambulance pick her up and get her to the hospital right away. I'm much obliged. See you later, Doctor. Janet! Janet! Wake up! Uh, Mrs. Gray! Oh, oh, what... Oh, see, what are you doing? Mrs. Gray, will you please leave my office directly? Happy to. I'm taking Janet with me. Come on, Janet. On your feet. Oh. We're getting out of here. I'm in the middle of a consultation with Mrs. Barkley. Uh. How did you get into my office? Hold on to my hand, Janet. Uh. That's the girl. You all right now? Uh. Out we go. I insist that you leave Just her. Listen, doctor. I have a very important appointment with this lady, and you're preventing me from keeping it. She'll see you some other time. <laughs> about? Where are we going? To my house. No, no. On second thought, to yours. It's safer. Wait till I tell you the big news and you'll understand. Last night, Mike said maybe he was wrong. He'd go to California alone. I could keep the house. And let's seal the bargain with a kiss, he said. So I thought, well, what the heck? I'm married to this guy. <laughs> Do you know what he did? Hmm? He put his arms around me. And he held me like in a vise, and he kissed me until I couldn't breathe. I almost blacked out. I, don't ask me how I got away. I just did. And it made me realize, Janet, you and I are alone in this. Yeah, there's an ambulance following us. There is? Ambulance? It's practically right on top of us. If we're being chased, let's give him a run for his money. That first side street, that's wide enough, okay? Uh, okay. Now, here we go. Now, hold on. Okay. You were right, Janet. 
Why don't we pull up and just let him pass us? No, no, I've got a hunch that's exactly what he wants us to do. We'll make that left up ahead. You ready for it? Mm. Oh, Janet, I'm on the wrong way in a one-way street. There's a guy coming straight at us. Get out. We've got to run for it. Janet, do you hear me? We can't stay here. Can't you move? Hey, you lady. Not going to get me. The most I can say for her is that her heart's in the right place. Hardly a suitable candidate for transportation, then. No, 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 no. Not worth it. We want only the best types of mortals. Bob? She's conscious. I thought she was prepped and ready for the procedure. Not quite yet. I want her to know what is happening to her. Well, why didn't you just say triple bypass as we do to the others? She never would have believed me. And she's not the kind to accept transferal to Arteris without an argument. I remind you, Dr. O'Brien, I am the one who makes our decisions on Earth. But if you're the wise man we believe you are, you will accept my recommendations. I tell you, Janet will be cooperative and valuable if she knows. True, we exchanged all the others in the X and K batches for Arturians without their knowledge. Aristotle, Dimitri, Willis, Michael. Even this girl's husband, James, transferred peacefully, quietly. In the end, Janet will transplant better than any so far. She is one of the true survivors of the best in mankind. I take it uh, you wish to take charge of her. I certainly do. Janet? Yes? Are you comfortable? Yes. You have heard Dr. Tyson and me talking, haven't you? Yes. Dr. Tyson comes from the planet Arteris. He came here alone and then enrolled me. Arteris is the only planet with the same characteristics as Earth. In atmosphere, soil, vegetation, and minerals. It is inhabited by Arturians. Creatures... Very like you and me. Inbreeding and disease have weakened Arturians. 
And so Dr. Tyson was sent to Earth to secure the exchange of the finest species of mankind to that weakened planet. We're just beginning our work. It is accomplished by ionic transference. My husband Jim would understand that, but but he is in Greece. No, Jim is closer than that to you. When you are fully anesthetized, a selected Arturian, similar in most characteristics, will replace what we on Earth used to call our soul. And your soul will find itself in an equally similar being on Arturus. You mean my husband had already been... been... Yes, Janet. You were living with his replacement who naturally assumed you were his original Arturian mate. ZXY77. No. No. No, let me go. Janet, you don't understand. You will be joining your real husband. Not the James Barkley here on Earth. But the Jim Barkley, who at this moment is on Arturus. Dr. Tyson... Please stand by to begin. How can I be sure? How can I know? Dr. Tyson, could we make an exception? Arrange for Mrs. Barkley to communicate with her husband on Arturus. It would help. This is Dr. Tyson. Will you have scientist Barkley in voice contact with us? His earthwife, Janet Barkley, is here, ready for transference. Janet? Janet? Are you there? Jim? Yes. It's me, Janet. I'm on the planet Arturus. Come. Join me. Please come. There's no anger, Janet, and no death. It's like Earth, Janet, but better. I always felt it wasn't you here. You weren't yourself. Start. Start now. It only takes a little while. a friend or relative acting in a way you believe is strange, rather than dismissing the incident by saying, oh well, he's not himself, consider the possibility that he isn't. That by ion transference, the original person had been shipped off, shanghai if you will, to the planet Arturus. Now, this account informs us that Arturus is transplanting only the most brilliant of humans. So I guess most of us can feel safe in our own beds. I shall return shortly. Explorations in space, we are assured, have but scratched the surface of the cosmos. There are many worlds revolving about many suns. Listening devices have been set up here on Earth to receive any message issuing from any other planet 
All because man cannot accept Earth to be the sole inhabited occupant of space. Perhaps we need the assurance that we are not alone. So, who can foretell? One day, many of us may transplant to other planets, whether they be our tourists or not. Our cast included Marion Seldes, Patricia Elliott, Bob Caliban, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.